So last week we started the section on manne after the four bodies of sonia we began the section on manne and just to recap on body number 12 that was last week this week we're on body number 13 and just to recap on the first verse within this manne series has a different spelling for the word manne than the rest of the three verses so in the first verse the spelling is manne with alarm and manne are the people who accept who have known and accepted manne manne is talking about the people body 13 begins with the word manne And the word manne is not talking about the people, it is talking about the outcome of accepting, the benefits of accepting. And 13, 14 and 15, these bodies are all now talking about manne. Because there is very little that can be said about the people who are in this state. And the beginning of Body 12 starts by saying, Manne ki gata kahi na jai. That the level, the spiritual level, the gut of those people cannot be described, cannot be written down, cannot be sat and debated. It is just something that people need to know within themselves. If you want to know what Naam is, if you want to know what the Divine, the Niranjan is, it is something that you have to know within yourself. Asa Naam Niranjan Hoi Jeko Man Jane Man Koi. And we went through last week the first word Man with. That tippy on top is about accepting. The second word in that line is man without a tippy, that is within the mind. Man with a sihari. Jeko man jane man, man with a sihari. If one accepts and has known it within their own mind, one who has known within themselves. So this verse, the beginning of Body 13, begins with describing the outcome of being in that state. So if Guru Nanak Dev Ji has started the last verse by saying, Manne ki gat kahina jai, we have to understand that Guru Nanak Dev Ji isn't now trying to explain their gut. 
Guru Nanak Dev Ji here isn't trying to now describe them. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is simply stating the benefits of being in this state. Almost as an encouragement for us. In the same way that the Sunya Pauris were described. We talked about Sonia Isar Burma Ind. You become the level of Shiva, of Brahma, of Vishnu, of, of the Indra. Sonia Sheikh, Peer, Patshah. So these are the levels that society look up to, the status that society glorifies. Guruji says that just by listening you get to that state. Just by knowing within yourself you can reach that state. So Guruji is using that as an encouragement. Not that literally you will become a king or you will become a sheikh. But this is a spiritual level that Guruji is trying to say that if you glorify these people these world leaders, if you glorify the most famous celebrities, Guruji says that actually the level that you can reach is beyond all of this. So here Guruji begins by talking about the benefits in the beginning of Pauri 13. Guruji starts by saying, Manna Surt Hove Manabud. Notice the difference in pronunciation between manne and manne. Manne surt hove man bud. Surt comes from the word surti. Surt comes from the word surti. And here Guru Nanak Dev Ji is beginning to outline what is common knowledge about the four aspects of consciousness. Within the Hindu tradition, consciousness has been broken down into sub-levels. What is it that makes us conscious? What is the mind? What is it made up of? What are the elements of it? And consciousness in old Hindu scriptures has been given the word antekaran, antekaran, which means consciousness. And antekaran has four levels. The four levels of antekaran are beginning to be described here. Guruji references some of them here. Later on, Towards the end of Japji Sahib, Guruji mentions all four of them. But here Guruji is just talking about two of them. So what are these four levels? What are these four aspects of our mind? Because if you think about it, the body is very clear to understand. You have arms, you have legs, you have organs inside your body. But then you just have this thing called mind and that's supposed to be an, a catch-all term. Guruji is saying that actually there is existing knowledge about what is this 
consciousness? What are, what are we made up of? So the four things that Guruji is referencing here is already existing knowledge. It's common knowledge. Consciousness is made up of manas, which is simplified to man, buddhi, chit, and hankar. And I'll go through what the meaning of these words are. So we'll go through those four sections again. Man. The first one is man or manas. And this is what we would call the mind. Not manas. Manas is mankind. Manas. Yeah. This is manas, man. Mama nana, man. As opposed to man, which is mama kananana. Yeah, where you see the line manas ki jab. That's about mankind. This is man. The most simple translation. Manas. Manas. In this, I think in the Sanskrit or in some of the more Vedic languages, it would be called manas. And these are written in some of the Upanishads and the Puranas and some of these old things. They go into the detail of this. Guruji is not going into the detail. He's simply outlining them. So man, mind, the key function of what they called man is determination and willpower. Man controls determination and willpower. But within this also exists desires and emotions. Man. Determination or willpower. The part of you that makes the decision to go do something. Or to not do something. Bud is your intelligence. Your intellect. This is where Reasoning resides. Intellect. Bud is the part of you that decides whether something is right or wrong. That's your bud. Buddhi. So, when we talk about Buddha, the enlightened, there we are referring to somebody of the highest intellect. The one who got the highest understanding is the Buddha. That comes from this word Bud. So this is where you decipher, this is where you decide your deep-rooted morals, your deep-rooted ideas and ideals in your intelligence, wisdom. The next is Chit. Chit includes Surt as well. Surt and Chit are used within this category. 
Chit is the part of your mind that is to do with memory. And even today we talk about Chete Rakhna. Galnu Chete Rakhna. Keep this within your memory. Surt, which is part of this area, is about present moment awareness. So both of them are about awareness of something happening in time. Surt, Surti, is about being aware of what's happening now. Chit is about something that has already happened. Put your awareness, bring your awareness onto something that has happened. Memory. So both of them are related. Surt. Whenever we talk about surti, it's about in the here and now. Chit is about memory. Remembering something. The last one is ahankar. That is self-identity. I am. And within ahankar is where all your attachments are stored. When you're attached to something, it isn't a thought. You don't think about being attached to something. It's, it's a little bit more deep-rooted than that. Ahankar. This is what creates the notion that this is who I am. And we have an attachment to all of the things above. We are attached to our memories. We are attached to our ideals and our opinions, our intelligence, our thoughts. They're the things that we like to hold on to. Good and bad ones define who we are. If you had no memories, you can have memories and be detached from that part of your life. Or you can hold on to that. Now, a lot of trauma that people faced yes. is based on holding on to memories. But you're still there is an attachment to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People can hold on to positive memories and say, actually, I had a great upbringing, a great childhood. Yes. People can hold on to negative memories. And what happens with holding on to negative memories is you bring those negative memories into your present moment. Yes. And you're constantly reliving that. You'll notice if you ever have a car accident... For the next day or two, you're constantly reliving that car accident. So your mind has had a trauma. It's gone. It's in the past. But part of suffering is to keep reliving that trauma, to keep bringing that into the present moment. And the longer you do that, the longer you build that from being just a memory into an identity. Your memories create your identity. This is why hankar is like the, the base. And in, in an argument, you're very right, an argument is a great example. You're constantly reliving that argument. Now, it goes even further than that. We've talked about having attachments to our memories. But what happens if you experience a trauma? The interesting thing about the mind is that the mind cannot tell the difference between reality and reliving of a reality. So 
if, for example, you go through a trauma, an accident, an argument, or whatever it is, your body at that point releases chemicals to deal with that trauma. So let's talk about adrenaline. I think the bodies, they've identified at least four what they call happy chemicals as well, and it works for both. We talk about oxytocin, serotonin, yeah, all of these kind of happy chemicals. But in the same way, there are chemicals that are being released to deal with trauma. And you'll notice that actually, when you have an argument, you'll have a physical response to that, which is that fight or flight. When your body goes through that, it has to deal with those chemicals in the body. When the mind is reliving that trauma, the body is having the same chemicals being released again and again. Because the mind just says, trauma is happening, I need to have some chemicals to deal with this trauma. Even though you're just thinking about it. Now, what happens, why people go into a perpetual cycle, is because the body then starts getting used to those chemicals. So, let me clarify that. You go through a trauma, your body releases chemicals. Sadness is one of these examples. Depression is essentially this. The body releases a chemical. The more the body releases that chemical, it thinks that it needs that chemical to survive. It continues to do that. And that's why people go into a perpetual cycle of just living in a trauma. Because they are now no longer just stuck within the mind. Their body feels like it needs those chemicals. And there you get into where people are just constantly living that trauma. The mind releases that chemical. The body says, yes, I need those chemicals. So, in effect, depression is addictive they have become addicted to the chemicals of depression. The same can be said for those people who are constantly chasing a buzz, a high. The people who are abusing narcotic substances. It again is the body saying, I need that chemical. So, what happens in the mind has a physical response in the body. And this is where it becomes far more complicated to treat someone who just says that they're stuck in this cycle of depression, of trauma. Because it's now no longer something that is just within the mind. Present moment awareness releases its own chemicals. And you are now almost flushing out and retraining the body. The more that you remain in the present moment, the more that you detach from past memories and sit within the present moment, in a moment of no time, no past, no future, simply looking at where you are right now, it's almost as if you're flushing the body. And this is why meditation and present moment awareness is so therapeutic.
because it's getting you out of that cycle. So hankar is attachments to all of these things. Your self-identity is dependent on attachments to your memories, to your ideas, to your emotions. So your man, your bud, and your chit creates your hankar. Now, when we understand that the mind is the determination part of you, you'll see why Gurbani talks to the man more than anything else. Gurbani doesn't reference the hankar. It doesn't say, oh my hankar, why are you like this? The hankar is the byproduct of the other things. But it does say, e man meria, because within the mind is determination. Oh my mind, get up in the morning. Oh my mind, recite naam. Because that's the part of you that has the illusion of free will. It's the bit that you can control, or at least there is a perception that you have a control. I would say you have to train the mind. You have to almost get the mind, which is where routine and your nitname and your wrath and all these things, these are ways of taming the mind. That's the bit that is being talked to by Guru all the time. Essentially, Guru is a conversation between the enlightened state of being, which is this ultimate present moment consciousness, we can call it God, and mind. All of Gurbani is kind of a debate between these two, a conversation between the two. And which is why Gurbani talks to man more than anything else. It doesn't talk to Buddha. Gurbani isn't about rationality. It's not talking to the rational mind, although Gurbani is quite rational. It is referencing the willpower part of you. The bit of you that makes that decision in the morning that says, do I need to wake up? Do I need to get out of bed? So then now you can begin to understand why Gurbani references man more than anything else. And why does Gurbani use rag to influence that message? Rag means emotions, creates a different emotion and the emotion is the vessel, the vehicle on which the message is being carried into the mind. I mean, we haven't even begun to study the vibrations of Gurbani and the effect on the cells and sound as a technology, frequencies. So here Gurbani is just saying that we're talking about two of these elements. We're not actually going into any other detail here. It's saying manne surt hove manbud. Surt is with accepting you become aware in the present moment. Surti. Awareness in the present moment is a outcome of this state of manna. Surt hove and you get bud. You get real intelligence within man. Mana bud. Here the word mana is almost an all-encompassing term. 
Buddhi isn't a place. Buddhi is a thing. It's intelligence. Here it's saying intelligence within the mind. But here the word mind is not referencing manas. It's more of an all-encompassing term. Within, within you, intelligence comes. Real intelligence. So, manne, by accepting, surt, awareness, hove, occurs. Man, with a sihari, within the mind, you get bud, this intelligence, this understanding. So, by dissolving your ego, by being in this just absolute stillness within yourself, by accepting, awareness occurs. And within the mind, intelligence occurs. Manne surthove man bud. Manne sagal pavan ki sud. Manne sagal pavan ki sud. Sagal means all pavan. If you notice the word pavan doesn't have an ankar. The word pavan means worlds. Or world, if it's singular, worlds, if it's plural. Here, the word is mukta. It doesn't have an ankar. It means it's a plural word. Manne sagal pavan ki sud. Sud means cupboard. Information, news, current information. By accepting knowledge of all the worlds is obtained. Sagal Pavanaki Sud. Now there are many ways that we can interpret this line. One way to interpret it is that by knowing within yourself, you realize that that truth which is within you, that information that you found within you, you will realize that all contains this same truth. The same truth that is within you, the same experience that's within you, you will understand, you will get the information that this same truth exists in all the worlds, everywhere. Sagalpavan. What you understand is what the previous information that was being shared about these worlds is that there are multiple levels, dimensions, where there are heavenly dimensions and lower demonic dimensions. But when you know the truth, you will know that there is no demonic space and no heavenly space. Or more accurately, there is no space where the divine doesn't exist. If there are multiple heavens and multiple hells, they are all just different levels of that oneness. It isn't that the oneness exists in heaven and some satanic beings exist in hell. There is nowhere, no worlds, where the divine doesn't exist. 
So even if you end up in hell, with this understanding, you know that hell is also a part of the divine. It's part of the divine spectrum. That all the demonic beings, ghosts and whatever you may believe in, they are all different manifestations of the one. And all the angelic beings and all the divine Devi Devte as well, they're all part of the one. This is the true information that you understand about all the worlds. When you know within yourself. Manne sagal pavaniki sud. Manne moh chota na khai. The word mu means face. Sihari means on the face. Chot means injuries, wounds, nakai. By accepting, one does not endure injuries on the face. Kai, yeah. In Punjabi, we say Sat Kalani. Yeah. Sat comes from the word Chot. Yeah. Ka. So it's, you will, you're enduring, you're receiving. Yeah. So what do we mean? It doesn't mean that on the face you will not receive any blemishes. Yeah. It doesn't mean that no physical injuries can touch you. That's not what it's talking about. Because if we look at our own history, you look at all of the great shaheeds, the ones who died in battle, they received injuries. Yeah? So this does not mean that on your face you will not have any injuries. There's a deeper meaning here. One way to interpret it, if the previous line may be talking about heaven and hells, one of the ideas is that when you go to hell, you will be beaten and tortured. But if you are in this space, this implies that those demonic beings cannot touch you. So you will not be beaten by the messenger of death, by the demons of hell. Another way to interpret this is that your face does not show the scars of lots of emotional turmoil. If you're the person who's gone through a lot of trauma in your life, it shows on your face. You can tell that somebody has lived a hard life. But when you've let all those things go, it shows. One of the things you'll notice, if you ever come across someone who has shed a lot of tears, you can see almost as though you can see the tears on the face even when they're not crying. You can see there's, a, there's almost a darkness around their eyes where they're constantly crying. And here you can see even behind their smile that there's tears. So on your face, you show the suffering and trauma that you've gone through. But manne, by being somebody who's 
let all those things go, who's moved on from them, who's detached from themselves and their past, their face doesn't show that. See, at the very end of Japji Sahib, we say, Jinni Naam Tiaya Game Mashakat Kaal. The ones who meditate on Naam, they go on a difficult path, but Nanak Te Mukh Ujale. Nanak says that their faces are radiant. The ones who have meditated on Naam, their faces are radiant. Te Mukh Ujale. And how many others do they carry along with them? So this is in reference, one way to translate this line, manne mo chotana kai, means that they no longer carry the burden of all their past suffering on their face. Because they don't attach themselves to their past, they don't attach to their suffering. They've gone beyond the maya part of them to the point that they just simply observe the hukam as it's happening, but they're detached from the hukam. They're unaffected by hukam. The whole world, the universe unfolding is just a game, a play. Because even if their body is enduring pain, they exist in a place beyond that. Now you think about our fifth guru, the shahidi, the torture that he's gone through, and yet the people talking to him, he says, like he's almost unaffected. He's talking to them like he's just in a state of bliss. His body is being burnt, but his state of being, his mind is in a state of bliss. Because he's in Naam all the time. He has transcended the body. He's not sitting within the body, within the suffering. He is suffering. The body is suffering. But he's not suffering. He's beyond that suffering. He's simply witnessing the suffering as something that's just happening. Manne moe chota na khai. That even at, at the brink of death, they're not suffering. And this connects on to the next line, manne jamke saathana jai. Here the word jam means the jam raja. Jam dud, yam raja. The king of the dead. The one who takes you to the land of the dead, the one who comes to collect you. Yeah, in English we call it the Grim Reaper. In the Abrahamic traditions, he's been referenced as Azrael, the angel of death, of the dark. Yeah. Even Gurbani references the word Azrael, yeah, which is a reference used in some of the Abrahamic traditions. I think Gurbani doesn't entertain these notions. It doesn't go into... Because if everything is ik, then everything is a function of the oneness. So part of the all-encompassing one is to create and part of the all-encompassing one is to destroy. 
So we don't see it as individual Devi, Devte and beings. We just see it as the one. Whether the one manifests itself as death and some sort of messenger of death, it's still part of the one. That's what Ekonkar allows us to have that all-encompassing holistic understanding. You can't detach yourself from the one. You have to detach yourself from yourself. You can't detach from anything, but you can simply recognize all of them as the one. Now, this goes back to this concept that the people who are in Manna, this state, they have found a part of them that is Akal Muruk. They have found the part of them that will never die. When you die, the body dies, the mind dies, but in a let's use a simplistic term, let's say the soul, let's call it a soul. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. If the soul doesn't die, then they exist within that Atma. They exist in the Atma and the Atma cannot be touched by death. Death doesn't come and take your Atma. It takes, it separates Atma from body. But it can't kill the Atma. And they become Atma. But it's about, it's about detaching yourself from every part of what you know yourself to be. So this whole idea of not going along with death is based on finding that akal murat part of you. Finding the part of you that was never born and will never die. That's what the people who are manne, they are in that. They have found that within themselves that will not die. So, death will no longer come and take them. Manne jamke saath na jai. Aisa naam niranjan hoi. Yeah? So, if we see some of these lines that we've covered so far, we'll notice that actually it repeats some of the themes that we've seen in Sonia as well. The first Sunya verse is very similar to this. In there, we talked about Sunya Tarat Taval Akas. You will know about the earth and the heavens and the skies. Yeah? And here we've said, Manne Sagal You get information of all the worlds. Yeah? Sunya Deep Lopatal. And there it also says, Sunya Pohe Nasake Kal. Death cannot touch you. And here it says, Manne Jamke yeah? So it's not making a distinction like Sonia is like level 1 and Manne is level 2 or anything like that. It's just this idea of the people who are, because they're the Sonia people, it says Nanak Pagatan Sadavigas. So it refers to those people who are in that, uh, who have understood and live in that way of living as Pagats. Yeah? So it's not to be seen that Gavya, Sonia and Manne are like level 1, 2 and 3. It's the, we need all of these. The person who has perfected their life is one who has experienced all of these. Yeah? Gavya, Sunya, and Maniya. So, Esa Naam Niranjan Hoi Jeko This is how you know what Naam is. This is how you know that Maya less being when you accept and come to know within yourself. Jeko Man Jane Man you can hear something 
and take it in or not take it in. One is one is to in the most simplistic way the 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 way most people interpret this is they talk about it in terms of listening to the guru's message and accepting the guru's message and living by it. Living by it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's oversimplified. Yeah, listening to the guru's message alone, how can it give you to that status of you know, just sitting and listening. We listen to Kirtan all the time. That's not... Are we listening? Are we and I, that's why when we, when we covered the Sonia, we talked about at least four levels of listening. Yeah, hearing, listening, sensing, uh, I think feeling something. We had four levels. So, and again, there are simplistic ways of translating this and there are kind of deep spiritual ways of translating it, which is about being in a state of just listening to yourself. You're in a deep listening within yourself, which is why we try and do some of this in the meditations, which is this very still, very quiet, just observing what there is right now. And when you observe and you've come to actually spend time within that, that self, yeah, and you come to know that actually this is the truth, there's actually a something that you found there and you've known it and you're like, this is, I've got, I get it now. I've seen it, I've tasted it, I'm experiencing it. That, I think, is manne. Sunya is going on the journey and being in that state and coming out of it on the other end is people who manne. They're like, I've been there, I've done it. The only way I can describe it is almost like swimming in an ocean. One is going in, swimming, that's the sunya, which is that exploring part of it. Manne is to come out and say, I know it. I know what the ocean is. I now don't need anybody else's description of what the ocean is. I've been there, I've swam in it, I've done it. Yeah? This is the ocean of yourself. Yeah? And it is an ocean. It's vast. It is. But you have to go and know and you have to see what there is yourself. But less like a exploring and more just being in the ocean of yourself. Experience. Yeah, experiencing yourself. Being aware. Experiencing the part of yourself, which is why the word Naranjan is being used here. Experience the part of you that is not emotions, that is not thoughts, that is not memories, that is not identity. When you take all of this out, what are you left with? That's what we're talking about. What are you left with? And this, you cannot be taught this stuff. You cannot read about this. You simply have to know it within yourself. If you go and know it within yourself, the second man there has a sihari, within your own self. If you go and have seen it within yourself and have understood it and accepted it within yourself, then you'll know what naam is, then you'll know what this naranjan is. Because you have gone and found that Niranjan part of you. Yeah? It's not something to be created in you. It's not something that you have to go do. It's there. It's just there. The ones who have gone and served that, they're the ones that are honored. They're the ones who have the real glory in life. The ones who have gone and found it.
that ape ap niranjan soy it's already there but it's just behind all of this stuff think of these like layers on an onion all of these you have to peel back one by one you have to go and you have to keep exploring until you find that within you that says i am you this bit that i call i am actually that is what i'm talking about not the idea of i am the sit when you sit within yourself you say the bit that says i am here i can feel this i am that i'm here that i am is not me that i am is you and that is where at the very deepest level of yourself if you go within that then you introduce mantra at that level the mantra that says in there tuhi tuhi this is you this is you this is you because you've spent all of your life with that consciousness of yourself you've defined it as yourself he you said this is me the every day this mantra is going on within you this is me this is me this is me and this stuff is what is is doing the mantra all of these are doing their own mantra just feeding that you have to go beyond it and say actually this is you it's not going to be easy it is a path as thin as a single strand of hair and as sharp as a knife that's the path that you're going to walk on 